Hello and welcome to the third season of Elwed Talks, the first podcast about destination weddings in Greece. My name is Sanya, the founder of Elwed Magazine, and I will be your host today. Join me in this new season where we talk with Gretchen Kolber. Gretchen is the creative mind behind Minneapolis' go-to design and planning firm Rocket Science Events, but her business expertise don't stop there. In 2020, she opened the doors to Mini Weddings, a brand that provides stylish and affordable micro-weddings as a way to meet her clients' evolving demands for small but significant celebrations. Her knack for identifying clients' pain points and solving problems has propelled Mini Weddings to the top of her market. Throughout her career, Gretchen's community helped to lift her up for success and with gratitude for the support, she remains committed to serving those around her. With almost two decades in the industry, Gretchen has learned countless lessons as an event entrepreneur and is dedicated to sharing those insights with event pros that are still early in their journey. Her affinity for empowering female entrepreneurs led her to launch Culver Creative, where she provides coaching and consulting services for creative professionals. She also serves as a sage coach for B-Sage Consulting, with a special touch on small weddings as a sustainable revenue stream. Named one of the 30 under 40 to watch by special events and recognized as a top planner by Brides and Martha Stewart Weddings, Gretchen's award-winning work has been featured in magazines, online and on television. She is an active thought leader in the wedding and events industry, contributing to major publications regularly and speaking on top-tier conferences such as Engage Summits, B-Sage Conference and the special events. She has also co-founded the Small Wedding Society and remains an active member of her local ILEA chapter. Now, let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by Submit My Wedding. Submit My Wedding is the first resource for engaged couples and newlyweds that walks them through the real wedding submission process. Submit My Wedding is the creation of wedding publicists OFD Consulting who have submitted hundreds of real weddings to blogs and publications in the last decade. As a bonus, customers who purchase the Real Wedding Submission Bundle will be invited to ongoing office hours with the OFD publicity team. Hello, Gretchen. It's so lovely to have you on Elbert Talks podcast. We took a little bit of a summer break, but now finally we can start recording again. And I'm so happy to be chatting with you about marrying design and logistics that you can do with your planner to bring your vision to life. So before we dive deep into this topic, can you tell us your story? What led you to the current career path? And why are you the expert on the marrying design? <laughs> sure, yeah. So... Uh, thank you for having me too. I'm so happy we got this on the calendar. Um, so pleased to be speaking with you. I have owned my own uh, planning and design firm since 2010, and it is called Rocket Science Events. And we really specialize in like high production, high design social events. So weddings, mm. um, galas, the, 
birthday parties. I love birthday parties. Uh, we do a little bit of corporate, a little bit of experiential, but mostly the wedding mm-hmm. piece of it. And I kind of got there by accident. After I graduated from college, I had a degree in art history and I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. Yeah. And I was talking with one of my friends and we were both searching for jobs at the same time back when you had to go like through an actual newspaper and circle yeah. things. And, uh, and there was an entry level job at a catering company doing weddings and events at their venue. And my mm-hmm. friend who I had actually helped her plan her wedding just as a friend, as friends do, she said, you know, you were really good at event stuff. You should go and interview for this job. And I said, okay, why not? You're right. I do like I do like that thing. And I, I didn't even know it was a career option, right? Like mm-hmm. now I think people understand like events and hospitality, like there's, there's actual careers to be had and yeah. that you can go to, to be a wedding planner. But at that time, no idea. So mm-hmm. I ended up getting the job. So somehow, and just kind of fell into the world of events and just fell in love with it. We did events in an ice palace. I did, you know, uh, indoor weddings, outdoor weddings, big weddings, small weddings with this catering company. And then from there, I went to work for a hotel and then another another wedding company that's a national wedding company that offers multiple services like photography and videography, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, all of that experience in like basically every facet of the um, industry led me to start my own my own company. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've experienced it all. And I love it. I I mean, even people are like, God, you've been doing it for a long time. Do you love it? And I do. I love it so much. It's such a great industry to be in. It's just great people, you know, and you're creating really amazing events for people at really big key moments in their lives. And that just doesn't get old for me. Yeah, absolutely. And so fun to hear that you studied art. Me too. Yeah. So we have <laughs> the same thing. <degree>. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to be there's honest, a lot yeah. of us in this industry, surprisingly. Really? Like, yes, when I say I have an art history degree, when I'm at yeah. a conference or something, everyone's like, oh, yeah, me too. It's, it's mind blowing. So apparently that um, colleges and universities should yeah. be like, okay, with your art history degree, you could also be a wedding planner. Yeah. <laughs> perfect (laughs) I also was uh I also started after my school I also started as a wedding planner (laughs) so yeah you see there you go (laughs) it's related (laughs) okay amazing (laughs) so what would you say that inspires you most in your business and in your daily life and for every event let's say because every event has to be different we know that all brides want to have a unique wedding so where do you draw the inspiration yeah you know I think there's this is maybe like a cliche, so I'm going to say mm. it anyway, but I really draw inspiration from my, my couples. So mm. I love, obviously I love art and I love architecture and just being inspired by stuff that's around me. I, had I not gotten an art history degree, I would have gotten an interior design degree. So mm-hmm. I really love you know architecture and space and that sort of thing. And I think that is a big part of what I do for my, for my job. But um, I really find like the, the, inspiration in my client's story and I like to look at how they decorate their home I like to hear about their Mm -hmm. hobbies and interests and that I can kind of build on their personalities and Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so then when I'm out and for example I'm currently planning a a fusion wedding uh, where the groom is Indian and we're looking at I'm I'm inspired by this particular architecture from Mm -hmm. um 
his hometown. And now I'm out and about and like seeing like different patterns that look, have like a, have like an Indian vibe to them or, you know, like I'm now starting to see, it's like those things just kind of start popping out at you, you know? And like I was in the museum and they had these really cool light fixtures, these really cool lanterns and they weren't Indian, but it, it kind of was, uh, I started thinking, oh, like, what kind of cool, this would be a cool light fixture for their event. Or, you know, how can we take some of these concepts and, and, and tie them all in? So that's really how I'm, how I'm finding inspiration for, for work. And then when it comes mm-hmm. to the business, you know, just like the rest of the business, I'm really just interested in always like learning and staying relevant. So I'm inspired and always seeking out like educational opportunities, attending conferences, meeting other professionals, yeah. because that is to me, I think one of the key factors in my success is that's just starting that education process so early on and meeting so many people and in hearing everyone's diverse point of views and life experiences. And, you know, so that that's been a huge source of inspiration for me as well. Absolutely. And that is so important to always keep evolving and always um, finding new education, as you said, and conferences. It's so important to meet new people and see how they are doing things and what they're doing. I'm such a believer believer in community education. Yes. And yeah, and yeah, you have been speaking on many stages um, and been doing many different things. You also created now a new, um, a new wedding planning firm for uh, elopements. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and why? Yes, yes. So when the pandemic hit, uh, of course, everyone was totally taken by surprise. And the events that I had on the books either canceled completely or, mm-hmm. you know, postponed. So uh, we postponed to 2021 and then now 2022. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I really had a lot of free time on my hands. And mm-hmm. I, I started to think about like, well, how can I successfully execute weddings during this pandemic? And obviously they had to be small. And mm-hmm. I had been kind of kicking around. I mean, the last few years pre-pandemic with my rocket science clients, their wedding guest lists were getting smaller and mm-hmm. the couples were prioritizing different things. And so mm-hmm. I'd always been kind of thinking like, oh, small weddings seem to be kind of a trend how can someone make money doing small weddings? Because as a planner, I charge a percentage. So smaller weddings Mm -hmm. are typically a smaller budget. So, you know, in order to meet my minimum, like is, so I I just kind of was, that was like marinating in the back of my brain. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic hit and I had a whole bunch of time to bring all that stuff up from the back of my brain and really start thinking, okay, can I make a small wedding business that is profitable that can serve clients right now? Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, how I came up with mini weddings. It's M I N N E, which is short mm-hmm. for Minnesota, but also a play oh, on the word. mini. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's a micro wedding company and we do multiple micro weddings on one day. So four mm-hmm. to five couples get married on the same day and they have like back to back time slots and so they share the same venue, decor, um, photographer, videographer, everything's an all-inclusive package. Um, mm-hmm. So they really just, it's a done-for-you wedding experience. They just go on to our website and they find the date and the time that they like the best and they just book it right there. And it's so easy. 
And we then started finding um, an appetite for people wanting even smaller ones. So more yeah. elopement style. So we started our, our little bit of an elopement um, brand. And so those have been going really well too. So small, even smaller guest counts, um, yeah. less inclusions, but still kind of that like all inclusive, really easy uh, planning experience for for our couples and it's taken off. It's been wildly successful. We're planning now mm-hmm. into fall of 2022. I mean, that's over a year out. We're getting yeah. requests for it. So what was really interesting was to find a, an entirely different market of people mm-hmm. who wanted a wedding, but they didn't want a big wedding. They wanted a small wedding. And so yeah. um, it was an underserved and undertapped, like untapped market. And so it's now we did we yes we have people who like changed their plans because of COVID and and had a mini wedding but Uh most of our clients now are just clients who wanted to have a small one aid anyway I also found this very interesting was when we first launched the people who were booking us that had Mm -hmm. their plans changed by COVID were people who were doing a destination elopement Mm -hmm. so they Mm -hmm. already had a small wedding plan but they couldn't leave the country anymore and so they kind of like just changed their plan to their to their local city so um but I I definitely think that like the pandemic has allowed this trend of small weddings to really take off but also to Mm -hmm. be normalized right so it's like yeah you know people are hearing more about micro weddings and elopements and that sort of thing And, and it's not just now confined to going to a destination you know like yeah exactly yeah in your local market yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to say because here in Greece we have many small weddings yeah. <laughs> and elopements <laughs> happening. Yeah. Uh, what I wanted to ask you: Can you travel? Do you travel to Greece if some couple wants to bring you to Greece? One hundred percent. Greece is on my bucket <laughs> list. Absolutely. What I love about doing destination events, big or small, is that mm-hmm. it's really great to find inspiration in the city and the space. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I know the venues and I know the vendors and I know the parks and I know everything in where I live. Right. But being able to like be inspired anew when you're Mm -hmm. traveling is just, it's like a whole, it takes like my creativity up uh, like 10 notches. Right. So it's really fun to just be able to view, you know, a, a place through a new lens, right. Fresh eyes. I come from Midwestern, United Mm -hmm. States and to go to the Bahamas or to go to even going to I I did um, an event in North Carolina and even going there which is just entirely different culture you know than where I live you know you just you bring your new you bring your own perspective to it and you can create something really unique and different. Absolutely yeah I think uh, I found uh, that most of the creatives that come from another country to Greece they um, tend to see things that we see every day but they see them differently and I don't know it uh, also inspires me sometimes I remember from one shoot we did a long long time ago there was this photographer uh, from Germany actually and she saw this you know like um, a phone booth that we have all over Athens and I was like why you know why are we stopping at the phone booth like <laughs> nobody uses these things anymore and it was this iconic Athenian you know style and those pictures are still you know so dear to my heart and so yeah. special 
Yeah, and it was like she captured these small things that are everyday life in Athens. But for us, are so everyday, we are like numb to it, you know? <laughs> Does yes. that make sense? <laughs> that is a really great way to put it. Yes, it's your everyday life. It's mundane. It's typical, you know, but to someone coming in from somewhere else, it's all it's all new and exciting. Totally. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's such a great way to say it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, I like very much when you said that you also pull inspiration from your clients. And I think that's so important to um, connect um and clients and bride and grooms uh, stories and, uh, you know, as you said, uh, backstories and family uh, roots together with the location when they, where they get married. So I think that's so very important, especially in Greece, uh, because as you said, you can get uh, inspiration from the location itself. And it's so important to design the wedding that fits in the spe specific location. And uh, so let's uh, dive deeper into the marrying design and the logistics. Yes, yes. So this is one of my favorite things to talk about because I think so many people think of the design piece of it as just making something pretty or aesthetically pleasing. But if you design a killer look, but then the, the flow doesn't work or people are waiting in line mm -hmm. for a drink at the bar or the centerpiece is blocking their view, like th they're not going to have a great experience. You can't mm -hmm. really design without thinking about some of those logistical things. And logistics mm -hmm. for me isn't even just, you know, like the, the timeline and the flow, it's the place too. Like you were saying, the, the, the venue, but mm -hmm. also the, the place and the culture that the event is taking, taking place in. Right. So, you know, when mm -hmm. I did my, my, destination wedding in the Bahamas you know there's a different approach to time there <laughs> you know so it's like you know in America for better or for worse we really like to stick to a timeline where mm. go 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 you know but <laughs> we created a more relaxed casual event for the couple and the guests and thinking about like how that would affect meal service and like what people's expectations mm -hmm. were. And, you know, mm -hmm. so then how do you make sure you're designing aesthetically something that like a space where people, you know, if they're going to be having a longer cocktail hour, let's mm -hmm. say like you want to have some place for people to sit down because if they're wearing heels, they're going to be tired. And these ladies are going to be thinking only about when they get to sit down as instead of mm -hmm. being immersed in the beautiful space that you've created you know so those are some of the things that I think are really really important and that comes down to the communication between the designer and all of the creative partners so just really mm -hmm. making sure that you know if you are trying to do something like a ceiling installation at, at a venue like you need to make sure that you can execute it in the time that you have available to you you know and then mm -hmm. you have to think about well if it's a ceiling installation that needs to happen first before other things can happen you know the tables and chairs or whatever can go down and so you have to really make sure that you know all of your vendors aren't arriving at once uh because they're just going to be standing around it's going to be just a huge mess you need to really make sure that you've mapped out the day so that behind the scenes stuff works uh so that when the event is happening it's all seamless and easy and uh everyone was able to give their best to you know to the wedding yeah 
as you said, and sometimes um, brides have the idea of, you know, I want this, I want that, I want blah, blah, blah. But sometimes all of these things do not fit in the timeline, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> There's my just no, no time for everything. <laughs> so how do you deal with that? <laughs> yes, well, I think that comes to, you know, when you're working with your client early in the process, really what frustrates me, like I, it's anyone who knows me knows how much I dislike Pinterest um, <laughs> because I just feel like yeah. it's, it can't, it's not a helpful tool for a lot of people to really, they're just picking stuff that they've already seen and like, they're mm -hmm. putting this board together and they maybe can't even tell you like, I can't look at a Pinterest board without my client next to me because I mm -hmm. don't know what they liked about the picture they pinned. I mm -hmm. might think, mm -hmm. oh, they liked the color palette and they actually really just liked the, the silverware, right? Mm -hmm. Like they weren't even thinking about the color palette. So it can be really frustrating, especially when at that beginning of that design process, they're coming in with a Pinterest board and it's got, like you said, like maybe some over the top crazy ideas yeah. and, you know, or ideas that are competing with each other. So you really have to start that design process with them to talk about first to get to the, to the core essence of what they're actually wanting. Right. Mm -hmm. So instead of thinking about, Oh, color palette and like flower types, what is the vibe that you're trying to create? You know, mm -hmm. I also like to talk right away about guest count. Okay. So you love, you know, this crazy, huge, installation over um the table well that works great if you have a 12 person wedding and you're doing one long table but if you have 200 mm -hmm. people do you want ceiling installations over like that's again maybe not physically possible but also you know budget and all that so really mm -hmm. starting with that guest list and the vibe and then i also like to tell people you know like we got to talk honestly about the budget because you have to know that like especially those things that are created for styled shoots they cost so much mm -hmm. money and mm -hmm. there's you just don't have that context when you're just getting those inspiration pictures mm -hmm. so that's the be kind of the beginning of the design process journey for me and so as I'm able to dig deeper into what they're really looking for then I can provide them options that fit their wants and desires but also fit with the flow of the event, with mm -hmm. the logistics, with the space constraints and with the budget. So mm -hmm. it's, it's sometimes hard to be like the bearer of bad news of like, um, <laughs> we no, we, we can't do that. But I always like to say, okay, what really, what draws you to this image? What do you mm -hmm. like most about that? And then see if I can take what they say there and put it in, make it a reality for them in whatever mm -hmm. you know, way mm -hmm. that actually makes sense. So how would you advise brides to go ahead about this? Like, where should they start when they're looking at the Pinterest board? Let's say, um, what would they have? What should they have in mind first in order to uh, best work with a wedding planner or a designer? I would say pin whatever you want. Pull pictures from the magazine, you know, do, do all of that inspiration gathering because you do mm -hmm. want to, you do want to be inspired but mm -hmm. you don't want a copycat wedding. So mm -hmm. use that to inspire and to inform the conversation, but then take all that and have that conversation with a trusted professional, like a planner or a designer, or if maybe that's not, you know, within scope for your budget, 
you know, a lot of floral designers these days will, you know, do some of that design work with you, you know, talking about, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, tables and, and linens and, and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. have this as inspiration, but don't like have your heart set on exactly what you see in the pictures. You want to make it better. So it's a more mm-hmm. accurate representation of you as a, uh, you know, you two as a couple and like what you love. Right. So that's mm-hmm. what I would say. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, always just be, you know, you can, you can pin anything, you can have anything as inspiration, but it really, you need to get educated on the cost. So, you know, have, start having some budget conversations with, you know, all the key decision makers that are um, chipping in for the wedding. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you're going to be talking to your professionals that you're going to hire to help, you know, make your wedding amazing, like mm-hmm. then at least you have a, Uh, a place to start from because it's always so sad when I've seen this time and again where oh just you know here's here's what the client's expectations are then the designer or the florist delivers them a proposal or a design idea meeting those expectations but then it doesn't align with their budget and so now they're Mm -hmm. disappointed now they've been given this dream that they absolutely love, but it's mm-hmm. not going to be a fit. So mm-hmm. it's not, it's going to be, it's not a hindrance to have money conversations. It's going to be a help because then mm-hmm. your pros are going to be able to give you the biggest bang for your buck and not disappoint you. You know, they're going to be able to exceed your expectations because they're going to be in alignment, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that is so important to talk about budget and especially when it comes to a destination wedding, like there's also travel involved, not only for the professionals, but also for the whole wedding party, you know, like sometimes uh, brides and grooms want to pay for the travel of their parents or sisters and whatnot, you know, closer relatives and friends. So this is also a costing to the budget and the hotels and the transportations between the venues and, you know, all of these things that add to the budget, uh, what normally um would not be maybe involved at the local home wedding yes Um, i think that is such a big piece of destination weddings that couples often overlook you know they mm -hmm. think you know even if they do think about paying for some of the lodging for you know close family or wedding party that sort of thing they're not thinking about exactly those things that you mentioned like transportation to and from you know, the hotels or the airport or, you know, all of like Mm -hmm. those other pieces that add up so quick, which, you know, can eat away at, you know, if you, if you're prioritizing design and, you know, the look Mm -hmm. like, but you got to get people there. So you 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 have to do that. So, you know, you just don't want to, you want to make sure that like, you know, the, the entire budget is working in, in alignment. So you're able to get your top priorities, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's very important for every couple to set the like the final budget, the main budget, and then see what is most important to pay where and then what's left for, let's say, design or the extras that they want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, what would you say is uh, could be a, a biggest budget saver at a wedding? One of the things that I really love to do, especially if the ceremony and reception are at the same place, Mm -hmm. is I love to repurpose the ceremony decor into the reception. 
by repurposing decor from the ceremony to the reception, you're able to get double duty out of whatever that decor item was. So, you know, flowers mm-hmm. is a really great example. A lot of times we will put beautiful floral down the aisle to create this, you know, gorgeous walkway. Well, then we can move those floral pieces to centerpieces for the dining tables, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, doing them a, a touch different. So if they were just flat on the floor for the, for the aisle, maybe for the dining table, we've put it on a stand to elevate it, to just change it up a little bit. So it's not like, oh, we plopped this from the ceremony over to the reception or having, you know, maybe we've got some pieces at the end of the aisle, some nice, big, beautiful statement pieces with floral. And now we've moved them to in front of the head table, or that's now part of the seating chart arrangement. So especially since ceremonies especially when they are, I, I feel like destination weddings too, they're, they're not long, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. not religious often, you know, they're 20 minutes or less. And so you want to make sure you're getting, you don't want to be spending all this money on ceremony decor and then like, boom, it's done. Your guests have enjoyed it for literally a half hour. So yeah, I really like that. And I think that can take your budget and make it go further. I also tell everybody that invest in good linens because mm-hmm. linens for your cocktail tables your your dining tables visual space they take up so much visual space right you know if you're putting mm-hmm. a, a linen on a, a 60 inch or 72 inch you know round table and i'm sorry if in greece you do not use inches <laughs> <laughs> but, true you know, you're, you're, that's a, that's a ton of real estate, you know, that's a, that's a lot of space. And so if you are having a really cool linen that feels cool, has a cool texture or has a really neat pattern that is going to give you so much more bang for your buck than if you spent even twice or three times the amount on flowers, right? Like Mm -hmm. cool linen with some candles has a bigger impact than basic linen with an insane floral arrangement, you know, cause flowers mm-hmm. are so much more expensive than linens. And so it's just, it's also a really easy way to like customize and bring in some very interesting visual elements um, mm-hmm. that can, that just, it's a really good ROI having a really nice linen. I, I get so sad when I see these weddings where it's like this beautiful centerpiece that, you know, they spent a good chunk of change on, and then they've put it on like a white, non-floor length linen and you're just like what what it's like a total waste all I can see is the table legs you know yeah 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 uh I also think too that lighting is a really great way to transform a space and I'm not talking Mm -hmm. about like you know uplighting columns and like purple or Mm -hmm. whatever (laughs) but yeah it is you know you're thinking about you know what's overhead you can really add a lot of interest through creating lighting scapes so and I know mm-hmm. that there's a lot more lighting designers out there than there used to be even a couple of years ago which is really exciting because yeah. mm-hmm. um you know it's it's not just like a gobo on a dance floor or like I said kind of uplighting some columns mm-hmm. it's really thinking about creating a mood through lighting which can be super yeah. super impactful and fairly budget friendly so those would be a few of my tips yeah, that, those are amazing tips. And I think that, as you said, lighting is so important uh, because even, you know, at home, you won't also have this warm ambient light all around. 
So why not the same for the event? You know, you want to create a special mood. Like, okay, if you want to do a party mood, go ahead. You know, purple or pink light all around. But um, you know, for let's say dinner or romantic mood, you know, different ambient light would be better. For instance, okay, I'm not a lighting designer, but um, yes, exactly, totally, totally. Candles are always a huge, you know, bang for your buck, especially. So where I live in the wintertime, it gets dark at like four o'clock in the afternoon. So, you know, when we're doing winter weddings, it's dark for the majority of the the event, if not the entire event. So candles are Mm -hmm. so impactful, right? It's like gives you it gives you just that warmth, that ambiance. But they're, you know, again, fairly easy and cost effective. And if you do just a crap ton of candles that's a great look mm-hmm. you know if you just mm-hmm. blow it out with the candles that can give you such a huge huge look and I can only imagine like stairways in Greece with just a whole bunch of candles yes. going up you know like that's a great way to add a lot of impact too yeah and also now in Greece is very popular um fairy lights uh you know uh, over the yes. tables uh-huh. yeah, so romantic <laughs> yes yes and those are the types of things that I think people don't necessarily think about because I think mm-hmm especially couples, if they're planning or designing it themselves, are thinking more about the tactile pieces like, you know, uh, the flowers or the the linen or something like that, and not thinking about some of the bigger pieces like the, mm-hmm. the, the lighting plan or, you know, even just putting down stuff on the floor. Like we do a lot of floor decals or rugs or carpeting, you know, some of those mm-hmm. other bigger elements are maybe not as sexy or not as like, you know, tactile Mm -hmm. to the, to the, to the couple, but um, do make a really big impact and can dramatically change the feel of the space. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if the floor of the venue is not so nice. Yeah. You can Mm. definitely transform that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, even just like for a ceremony, throwing down Mm -hmm. a rug, you know, Mm -hmm. if it fits with the overall look, but I mean, so many times I feel like I see these beautiful backdrops these florals so ornate and then like whatever they're standing on is just bare like the design mm-hmm. stopped at the backdrop yeah. and didn't extend to the floor <laughs> you know like, yeah true oh like if we had put it's a rug so there true. that would have anchored it you know it would have made it feel yeah. like it grounded and and yeah. the, the right space and you know so some of those little elements and that's what a good designer is going to do for you right is to mm-hmm. bring you through all of those pieces for your for your wedding so you're creating this really truly uh well designed you know from Mm -hmm. all the angles um and so it just it feels effortless okay many times um you will see uh professionals call themselves planner designer stylist and all together so can you tell us a little bit what's the difference between stylist designer and planner yes i can and it irks me to no end when people call themselves designers and they are not. So a wedding planner (laughs) is typically focused on the logistical components of planning a wedding. You know, Mm -hmm. they're going to be talking to you about budget timeline. They're going to be helping you with set up your, your appointments with your vendors, sourcing those vendors for you, contract review, management of all of those pieces, right? Keeping you on track with when you need to be doing what throughout the entire planning process. And a planner is going to be there on the day of your event to help you, you know, make sure everything runs smoothly. They're really logistics oriented and that is their focus, right? 
There are mm -hmm. quite a few planners out there, myself included, that also do design. Mm -hmm. um, but there are, there are also just designers which focus purely on the aesthetic piece of it. So putting mm -hmm. together the look and feel of the wedding for you. So a planner is really good for couples who really need help doing all the things you know they're probably a busy professional they've got a they've got you know they've got work there or they or frankly they don't want to plan a wedding you know they just mm -hmm. want to they want to have that process be smooth and easy and have an experienced professional i think especially mm -hmm. with destination it's even more important to have that person mm -hmm. because you know then you're talking about things like travel and transportation and all that stuff so that that planner is going to be really great for those couples who want that that help um, for having a designer, you know, that's going to be great for a couple who maybe they feel like, oh, we can handle the logistics. We're, we, we like that stuff. I love spreadsheets, you know, but we don't have a creative bone between us, right? Like we mm -hmm. need help putting some, putting this look and feel together, something that really reflects us. And so that would be a reason to hire a designer only a lot mm -hmm. of, uh, a lot of wedding planners who are also designers kind of offer it like holistically as part of their package. Um, some of them kind of split it out and you can, you can pick one service or the other or both, but, mm -hmm. um, and I also think that there's a wide range of what design means to some, to, to some of these planners. Yeah. So I think that's where you get into like having like a stylist, that sort of thing. But, um, you know, for us, we really take a very detailed approach to our design where I kind of liken it to, an interior decorator versus an interior designer, you know, mm -hmm, an, mm -hmm. an interior decorator can come in and just like, or make your shelves look good, you know, but an interior mm -hmm. designer has to have like experience and knowledgeable about fire code. And, you know, like they're putting a more um, thorough, detailed, large scale picture together. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So then stylists, I think stylists has become kind of uh, a, a trend as of late too. So I actually hire a stylist for a lot of my weddings to come hmm, and style the paper goods, like the invitation, mm -hmm. um, all of the, the details. So, you know, the accessories, the dress, the attire. Uh, but then also what she does is she makes sure that the ceremony and reception is photo ready at the time it needs to be ready. Mm -hmm. So she's going through, she's making sure that those chairs are straight, that whatever tables are going to be the focus of the, you know, the detail shots mm -hmm. are like pristine, you know, there's just, they're absolutely perfect. So that has been a really great add to my team because it's mm -hmm. something that I don't necessarily have time all the time to do yeah. on a wedding day or, and in fact, a lot of times we do it the day before, but, uh, uh the stylist that I hire, she has a whole bunch of props and, you know, uh, fabrics for backgrounds and that sort of thing. And she sources mm -hmm. things specific to the design for my wedding so that it just puts all of those details in a really beautiful picture for the couple mm -hmm. so that, you know, they look back on it from their wedding and, you know, everything is there, right? It's like just their, their entire story is told through every, every photo and every detail. Um, so there are people like that and then there's also stylists that help you with your bridal attire or your wedding attire mm -hmm. um you know helping the bride find her dress bridesmaids mother of the bride and also we have um a lot of uh men stylists for the for the men too mm -hmm. so 
you know, helping them find a, a suit or a tux and just kind of that custom piece. And sometimes that stops with just like the, the fashion, fashion. On, mm-hmm. the, on the day or like up to the day, but sometimes they'll even come on the day, you know, with a steamer and making sure that everything is looking good. It's all hung up and ready to go. Everyone has all their accessories, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I, you know, as far as like, I do, I do hear sometimes people think talking about stylist as like, um, you know, they'll come in and like put together a style for your wedding. But I, to me that, that fits more under that design branch you know, mm-hmm. a, a different level of design, maybe where you're just kind of putting together a few ideas and passing it off to a client as opposed to a more detailed approach. But um, yeah, th- that's kind of the difference, I think, between all of those different services. And depending on where you are and what your budget is, you know, you might have one, two or all three of those kind of mm-hmm. yeah. services happening for your for your wedding. That was my next question. When do you think a bride how does the bride know when to hire who or all three? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you need to identify where you need help. If you're mm-hmm. getting married, if you want help with everything, it might be a great route to find one company that can do the planning and design for you. You mm-hmm. If that's really like, okay, you, you know, you need help with everything. That's maybe a little bit easier than trying to source a designer and then find a planner or vice yeah. versa. Um, and depending mm-hmm. on where you are, it's just, there's like in my Midwest market, there aren't very many wedding designers, but if you go out to LA or to New York, you're going to find a lot of people who do design. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of times planners and designers work together often So Mm -hmm. they are able to refer one another. I would say if you want all the help, start with looking for a firm that does both. But let's say you know that you're going to be fine with the planning, but want design help, then source that designer. And then down the road, if you feel like, oh, I actually do need some help with the planning, then, you know, talk to your designer. They may have a recommendation or then you go and search out a, a planner. I've also seen, you know, people will hire a designer, but then they'll hire a, a coordinator that does just the event management piece, you know, so they mm-hmm. kind of take over the logistics and stuff for the wedding weekend. Um, so that could be a route to go, but it really is whatever you feel like is going to make the planning process easiest and best for you. And I think that, you know, some companies do multiple events on a weekend, some don't. So like starting at the beginning of your planning process with hiring some of these key people is going to make your life easier. Yeah. And they're going to be able to help you with all the decisions. So like start there. You know, I mm-hmm. think a lot of people are like starting with their photographer or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, no, like I understand <laughs> like you love their photos on Instagram, but like, oh my gosh, there's so many other things to consider, right? You know, so, oh yeah. Um, I'm, and, you know, maybe it's because I am a planner that I feel like it's important to, um, you know, <laughs> book them right away. But I also find that a lot of people come to me after they already have their venue or like they've already decided, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. we, we we're getting married, you know, at this hotel in Philadelphia or whatever. And so then for me as a planner, I have to kind of fit all the pieces into what they've already booked. And sometimes, and this actually happens, not as much anymore, but it used to happen quite a bit where like 
people had selected a venue that really wasn't in alignment with what they ultimately wanted. Like it was too small Mm -hmm. for their guest count or the venue fee ended up being such a big chunk of their budget that they had to sacrifice on, you know, design Mm -hmm. and decor elements, or they were big foodies and they picked a venue that has an on-site caterer that does Mm. kind of meh food, you know? So Mm -hmm. I I really hate it when that happens because it's like, oh, you you can't do anything about it unless you like, you know, get a new venue, but it's, that's really not feasible most of the time. Yeah, exactly. And as you said, I get so many, um, not complaints, but let's say, um, okay, complaints about (laughs) (laughs) from photographers telling me, okay, my brides are asking me about wedding planning, you know, like I don't know wedding planning. Why are they asking me about wedding planning? (laughs) And as you said, you know, first hire a wedding planner and then a photographer. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Well, I mean, and I would just, if I were you, tell those photographers, like, get a good core group of wedding planners that they yeah. can refer that make their lives Absolutely. easier, you know? And then Absolutely. Just, um, but yeah, that the the photographer hire first is is often a, a, a sore spot for, for me. Because, <laughs> again, it's like, they don't know what they don't know. So they've hired somebody based mm-hmm. on a picture. But, like, yeah. for example, you have such a beautiful landscape in Greece right like yeah. it is an entirely different point of view than where I live mm-hmm. you can't hire a light and airy photographer in Minneapolis in the winter time because it's dark and everything is inside yeah, so no absolutely. matter you know but that's like the opposite for your beautiful you know yeah. picture, you know so it's like <laughs> you got to find the right photographer who works within your space and you know so you're not being disappointed too again that like all the the vision that you have is not being captured correctly. And we all know the photographer is like the one person who's going to be there, you know, making sure those memories are documented and all the hard work you spent on designing it and and creating this experience. um, You know, you need a photographer to be able to really to get that for you. Absolutely. And I think this is what brides are thinking. Like, okay, I need a photographer because I want to capture my event. So this is the first hire, you know? Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, what else do I need? Yes. <laughs> so it's yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the world but... is such a visual place right now with social media mm-hmm. that I think it's just natural. You're looking at photos all the time. All the you know? time. So I, yeah. I think it's just really natural to yeah. be drawn to that because I've been doing this, like I said, since 2010 and, and this it's mm-hmm. definitely I've seen a change with Instagram for how people yeah. find their vendors um and in oh, yeah. the in the order that they hire them in you know so mm-hmm. the, I, most of my couples now are coming to me with um the venue but also the photographer which never used to happen so uh it's, times are changing I guess <laughs> <laughs> well I hopefully for the better so tell us a little bit more what you're currently working on what I'm currently working on is my pandemic reschedules (laughs) 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 and managing everybody's emotions around um, planning a wedding in a pandemic that is definitely my my um that is my life most of the time right now but mm-hmm. uh and you know talking to couple new couples that have just gotten engaged you know we are we are seeing here uh, uh a resurgence of um people ready to plan you know uh i would say you know the delta variant has thrown that a, a yeah. little wrench in that but mm-hmm. um you know people are looking forward to you know the fall and 
they're getting engaged and they want to have a big party and they want to celebrate. So that's, you know, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to new clients and, and, you know, as far as like the, uh, clients that I do have, some of their events are, you know, completely designed already because we had to postpone them a couple of years, but, you know, a couple of mm -hmm. them also have, um, they're new. And so that's been exciting and fun is to, to be designing for them and talking with them and, and, and really just being like, there's just a, a new level of, uh, appreciation for weddings. Like people mm -hmm. are so excited to celebrate with their family. And oh Yeah. And I think we are just, we're just, you know, over all this waiting and, yes. you know, being cooped inside, like we're just over, like just, yes. let's just finish with this. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so that's, that's kind of what I'm, that's kind of what I'm managing yeah. right now. And, and it's just, it's definitely given me like a new appreciation for my, mm -hmm. for my present, like what I do, you know, like I love, I'm yeah. loving, like just thinking about like, all these families gathering and like mm -hmm. being able to be with their loved ones that they haven't been with in forever. And, you know, that's so fun for me. And Did it's fun any... to think about travel, you know, it's fun to think about like, Oh, like not just sticking local, being able to go to, you know, different cities or different countries, even to, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Canada just opened back up for us. So we can now go to Canada. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. But yeah, so that's, that's where, that's where I'm at right now with business. Perfect. Uh, what I wanted to ask you, did any of your couples who had to postpone the wedding change any design features? Yes. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, I have two that currently are sticking with their plan, their original plan. They loved it so much. And uh, but I had I had w one who we have redesigned her wedding three times. So. Wow. So that has also been a really interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I've never had to do that, you know, because by the yeah. time you de the design process happens and you, you get the pieces in place and the ball is rolling. And, you know, for us, we basically paused and then like she, you know, saw more stuff on Pinterest and more. And so like <laughs> the design kept evolving and um, oh we're better or for worse. But I really love the design. I actually love the final design more than the mm -hmm. original design. So I'm really happy about that, but it also could be my tastes are changing as well, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and I've heard kind of mixed, you know, from my other wedding planner friends, I've heard kind of mixed reviews on people who've postponed some people, you know, did the small wedding, think they were going to do a bigger wedding later and they just canceled mm -hmm. the bigger wedding that mm -hmm. that's been something that's been happening a lot. So you know, it's not maybe necessarily a design change, but it's a total event change. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, so it, it is interesting. And, um, you know, some people have had to change that uh, based on availability, you know, uh, yeah. the, mm -hmm. the floral shortage, uh, you know, we're mm -hmm. having, you know, uh, there's supply chain issues in virtually every, you know, like, rental chairs yeah. that are still, you know, on a boat from China or, you know, like I know like linens, you know, people can't, they don't have enough fabric in the mills to make stuff. So um, thankfully I have not run into any issues mm -hmm. that way. Um, but, you know, that has been, a, that's been a huge, um, a huge piece of the puzzle that we've been having to figure out as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. We are not even aware. I mean, brides mainly are not even aware that, you know, there is no more flour. So right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I heard a cake maker had no flour to bake or in the butter <laughs> to yeah. bake the cake <laughs> for the wedding. So yeah, these are all the new obstacles we had to deal with. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. And uh, let me tell you, like, it's a skill set that I never wish I had learned. <laughs> <laughs> true okay for the last question what advice would you give to all couples who want to have a destination wedding we've touched on a few good things already i think you know just being aware of those unanticipated like logistical unsexy Mm -hmm. costs transportation lodging uh and not just transportation for your guests but also transportation for and lodging for your venue vendors that you're bringing with Mm -hmm. um i would also tell people to be flexible right now i think you know that wouldn't have maybe necessarily been my advice pre-pandemic but yeah things are changing so quickly that like Mm -hmm. you just got to be flexible and you know if if something comes up you gotta just kind of roll with it and and have the plan b and you know, maybe mm-hmm. the plan B is just pushing it to a different date or it's a different location or, you know, so just kind of being flexible, I think is really helpful. Um, I would also say that with destination events, find the team that you love, no matter where they are. Like a mm-hmm. lot of people I feel say, well, I got to have a, a, a planner in the, the place that I'm getting married. Well, that's, Mm-hmm. not true you know or a photographer mm-hmm. I need a local photographer because they'll know all the good spots to take pictures or something like that that's mm-hmm. all these things like are not they, they're based in the reality but they aren't reality especially with the way that our world has become global that it's just mm-hmm. you know it's it's if if you have a specific look and vision and you have specific vendors that you know can get that for you then find them wherever they are if they're in germany Mm -hmm. or the u.s or in greece or you know people love to travel and they're they're gonna make better stuff for you i mean not (laughs) you you know what i mean like they're just like they're going to be excited and passionate about your project in a in a way that maybe locals aren't and that's not i'm not trying to like put a knock on locals and i do know like a lot of planners like myself like when we do destination we are partnering with a local planning company Mm -hmm. um you know because it it, there is real value in having that you know people Mm -hmm. who know the city Mm -hmm. inside and out um you know so but by working together we can really create an experience that is like no other and you know if you're mm-hmm. going to be investing the, the money in a destination wedding then you know make it exactly what you want i don't want you to like fly halfway around the world and be like oh we got a local photographer and i really wanted you know jose via or something mm. you know like so <laughs> i think that would be that would be some of my advice and then i would also say the destination weddings that i've done the best ones have had smaller guest lists mm-hmm. i have done some that are um larger over 100 people but my favorite are the small ones and i think that this is really true right now too is just like focusing on creating an experience for your favorite people Mm -hmm. and you don't need to invite everyone you've ever met and um you're able to focus so much more attention with 
how you spend your budget by creating this insanely amazing experience for your guests. Mm -hmm. But you also get to spend more time with your guests, which is something that I think people who have had to get married small, they were forced to change to a small wedding. It was an Mm -hmm. unexpected joy for them. When you are celebrating and you're making a weekend out of it with 12 people or 20 people or 40 people, like you get to really spend a lot of time together and like really create some incredible memories. And, you know, then people also get to spend time with each other. So if your families haven't really met or spent a lot of time together, like, wow, what a great opportunity for people to really get to know each other on more than just that surface level. So, you know, if you want a big rager party, fine, that's great. But I think like, especially the, I find the focus of destination to be more about like the experience and the connection and the smaller guest list helps, helps couples do that. Yeah, as you said, the wedding experience is so important for all the guests. Like, as you said, if the guests travel to a destination, why not really experience it, you know? Yes, like, yes. have a, a wedding week, you know? Have some yes. holidays, spend together, do activities, like, really enjoy the everything that destination has to offer. Yes, yes. And do it with the people you actually care about, you know? Exactly. Like, you, you, you want to be making memories with those people, you know? Exactly. Okay, great. It was lovely chatting with you. And before we say goodbye, can you tell us where people can find you? Sure. You can find me on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) It's rocketscience.events. And that is the same as my Instagram handle, rocketscience.events. And if you are interested in looking up my uh, micro wedding company, that is miniweddings.com, M-I-N-N-E, weddings.com. And my Instagram handle for mini weddings is actually tiny weddings MPLS. So that's where you can find me. Perfect. Okay. It was lovely chatting with you and hopefully to see you next year in Greece. Sure. I will. I'll be there. (laughs) Great. Thank you so much. It's time to write your new story with Alchemia curated portfolio building workshop for destination wedding photographers and cinematographers. Curated by Kiss from Fleur, you'll be able to capture a real emotional story of romance, high-end fashion and bespoke Greece. Connect with like-minded creatives and discover the secret and raw Hellenic luxuries. Revive and enhance your brand with new conceptualized editorials at Alchemia, the journey of changing one's mind heart or way of life. To join or find out more, go to alchemiaworkshop.com. That's alchemiaworkshop.com. Mm-hmm.